This is Nullius in Verba, a podcast about science, what it is, and what it could be. It's co-hosted by me, Smriti Mehta from UC Berkeley, and me, Daniel Lakens from Eindhoven University of Technology. In this episode, we reflect on the question of how smart one needs to be to be a scientist. How much does intelligence matter in science? And which other characteristics might play a role in doing good science? Do we dare admit that we don't know something? And how might we overcome any doubts we may have about being intelligent enough to be a scientist? Enjoy! Our method of discovering the sciences is such as to leave little to the acuteness and strength of wit, and indeed rather to level wit and intellect. For as in the drawing of a straight line, or an accurate circle by the hand, much depends on its steadiness and practice. But if a ruler or compass be employed, there is little occasion for either. So it is with our method. Although, however, we enter into no individual confutations, Yet a little must be said first of the sects and general divisions of these species of theories. Secondly, something further to show that there are external signs of their weakness. And lastly, we must consider that the causes of so great a misfortune and so long and general a unanimity in error that we may thus render the access to truth less difficult and that the human understanding may the more readily be purified and brought to dismiss its idols. So we have our good old friend Bacon back. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we're going back to our roots. Yeah, which is nice. And I read up a little bit on this specific quote from uh, some science uh, and Mm -hmm. uh, history work, I think, where, where they explain the context of this. And they say that Bacon here is basically saying that if we have a method the scientific method mm-hmm. that Bacon is proposing. The method is a little bit like a ruler yeah. or, or um, something like this. It's a tool we can use. And if we use it, we don't need wit and intellect anymore. So before we had the method we needed to rely on wit and intellect, but basically now Isn't? anybody who uses this tool can use it to generate knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a great analogy, right? It's like, yeah, if you if you're just drawing freehand a straight line, mm-hmm. then of course you need practice and you need a steady hand. But if you develop a ruler, then you don't need to rely on that, right? Anybody can draw a straight line with a ruler. Well, some yeah. people still can't do that, but you know. <laughs> Might still be some individual differences, but <laughs> right. you can but, make yeah. some good stuff. You can, you make, can good make some good stuff. I mean, of course, the, yeah. the thing is you can still be floppy while using a ruler or a compass, right? But as long mm-hmm. as you're doing it with, you know, some kind of yeah. I think you can get it. So it's it's such a great, great metaphor. Yeah. And it's related to the topic of today, which is whether whether we're smart enough to be scientists. Right. Not. Yeah. And, or and whether Bacon one needs here, to be yeah, smart enough to be a scientist. Whether you need to be smart enough. Right. Yeah. And, and Bacon basically says, you don't need wit or intellect. You have a method. Just use the method and you'll mm-hmm. be fine. That's comforting. Yeah. That is comforting. Um, so before we actually start talking mm-hmm. about the topic i actually had a i want to do like a bit of a free association task with you daniel oh interesting yeah let's okay go. 
And I, and so it's going to be free association, but very rapid, mm-hmm. you know, sort of a rapid fire um, thing. So just the first thing that comes to your mind very quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can't. Okay. You, you can't. Yeah. Pause and think. There's going to be no right. editing here. I will say a oh, word. Oh, dear. Yeah. I will say okay. a word and you will say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Okay. Yes. You, let's go. It's, it's going to go fast. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Genius. Einstein. Talented. You. Oh, wow. Problem solver. Useful. Wise. Uh, Gandalf. <laughs> Intellectual. <laughs> Intellectual. Uh-huh. Uh, philosopher. Analytical. Mathematician. Knowledgeable. Everybody. Intuitive. Going by feeling. Brainy. <laughs> I'm thinking of Pinky and the Brain. Do you know this? Maybe you're too old. Brainy, Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, it's a cartoon. <laughs> cartoon from the 80s. Go on, I'll explain later. <laughs> no, that was the last one. That was the last oh, that one. was the last one. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. Nice. Um, but it, brainy, yeah. yeah. Br- Pinky brainy. and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain is a, a cartoon of two lep rats. Oh, I and and every episode starts like, okay, so what are we gonna do tonight, or what are we gonna do today, huh. uh, brain? And then brain, who's the smart red, says the same thing we do every day. Binky, try to take over the world. Oh my! And, yes. and then they have a whole episode of how brain brain has a plan to take over the world, and it always fails. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. an amazing. But what, what was this? Yeah. What was this task? Nothing. I uh, made it up. Yeah. Oh, you made it up. Oh, okay. 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 Mm. <laughs> but but I mean it worked exactly as I thought it would in that the main thing I was interested in getting was getting you to say Einstein when I said genius ah, because that is mm. literally what everybody thinks right so like when you think yeah, genius yeah. Einstein comes mm. to mind and he's mm. a scientist right so there is I think this sort of you know lay perception with everybody that you like to be you know to be a scientist or scientists are just smarter people who end up mm-hmm. in science are smart and we associate intelligence and intellect and being a mm-hmm. genius with being a scientist so i think it's such yeah. it's it's a concept that's so ingrained in just popular culture um mm-hmm. that it's it's worth sort of thinking about yeah like do you know mm-hmm. or you know why yeah why does it exist and is it it's a valid way to think about doing science or getting into science and how does it affect who goes into science, right? Yeah. And also because many people are probably realistically guessing they're not as smart as Einstein. Right. And then they might wonder, am I actually, yeah, smart enough for this job? Huh? Right. I mean, right. Uh, I think that's, and, and in this sense, I'm, I'm happy that we're finally getting to, to a point in our uh, podcast series where we can give up any pretense that we're actually want to talk about how to make science better, but now we can review our actual plan. <laughs> to take is, over the world. <laughs> oh yeah, that also, that also, but also that we're basically becoming a self-help podcast in this episode, <laughs> right? We're just going to talk to people like, are you smart enough? Don't worry. I think, I mean, we'll see what we say, but, and that's good because that's where the, the money is. So I thought, you know, do you want to already want to introduce our Patreon account and our self-help book that we're going to uh, announce and all that kind of stuff? Because this is where the money is, self-help. Oh my God. That is, I mean, from psychology, that does seem to be the way things go. Um, you know, I mean, it's weird because I do study motivation and I'm like, a lot of people who study motivation end up sounding like motivational speakers and it just... Mm. It annoys yeah. it annoys me quite a bit. So no, but there's I, I a big, will not, big, yeah. big market. There's a big market for this. I feel. 
I mean, well, just because there's a market for it doesn't mean we have to do it, you know? <laughs> no, no, I don't think we're actually going to go in yeah. this direction. No, no, no. Right, exactly. yeah. But maybe we should start with our uh, devil's advocate question, yeah. as we often do. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe uh, we can start because you said like, yeah, okay, um, genius, Einstein, scientist, strong mm -hmm. associations. This is mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. true. But let's start from the perspective, maybe also the Bacon says, you don't have to be smart. You don't right. have to be smart in science. Just follow the method and you'll do some useful stuff. And uh, what, what do you think of this? Is this sensible? Wait, how is this a devil's advocate position? I think that is the position we take. We are going, <laughs> well, well, it's not the position we're going to take because that is a position a lot of scientists do take, yeah. right? A lot of scientists actually will openly say that, oh, you don't need to mm -hmm. be that smart. Um, do you have some? Do you have some quotes? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I can give you one. So there's one really, mm -hmm. really great one from um, Peter Medawar, and he, I mean, it, and, and actually, th so the 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 question of like, am I brainy enough to be a scientist? Comes from his book, Advice to a Young Scientist. The first chapter mm -hmm. of it um, talks about this, and he says, um, an anxiety that may trouble some novices and perhaps particularly some women because of the socially engendered habit, not often corrected, of self-deprecation is whether they have brains enough to do well in science. It is an anxiety they could well spare themselves, for one does not need to be terrifically brainy to be a good scientist. An antipathy or a total indifference to the life of the mind and an impatience of abstract ideas can be taken as contraindications, to be sure. But there is nothing in experimental science that calls for great feats of ratiocination or a preternatural gift for deductive reasoning. So here he's saying that, oh, you know, you actually don't need to be super smart. You you can do without common sense, he goes on to say, mm -hmm. but you don't, there's nothing in experimental yeah. science that needs you to be ex ex especially smart. Um, mm -hmm. But the more important thing, which I think is great that he points out, is that you cannot be, yeah, you have to want to engage in the life of the mind, right? You have to be mm. interested in ideas and abstractions and and be willing to think. And I do think that's where mostly the issue comes from. So I'm mm -hmm. really interested in, for example, like the way people think about mathematics. And mm -hmm. that's one place where people will really, right? Like you hear people talk about mathematics and they're like, oh, my brain hurts. Like my totally. brain, you, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, it's supposed to hurt. <laughs> and yeah. you're supposed to enjoy that hurt. Just like, you're, you yeah. know, when you go to the gym and it, everything is sore, there's, there's a certain yeah. kind of like, you have to enjoy that process of like, oh, this is difficult. It's challenging. It hurts, mm -hmm. but you know, it like you have you have to be okay with that or comfortable or even enjoy it to a certain extent. But what do you yeah. think? And what quotes do you have for for us? Yeah, Daniel, I think yeah. ma mathematics is a good point because I asked some um, PhD students when uh, we were having lunch mm -hmm. last week. I asked, yeah. so yeah, uh, talking about this topic already, and uh, and the first thing somebody mentioned was like, yeah, you know, uh, I should know more math. I think, mm. you, know, uh, you know, I don't think anybody thought they were not smart enough to be scientists, but we had a good discussion about it. But I think one person immediately said like, I, I should definitely, I feel I should know more about math. I think many people have this. Um, we can go back to uh, J.D. Bernal, who uh, oh, we discussed nice. in the last episode on yeah. research waste. He mm -hmm. also talks about this issue in his book. And he's, he writes, um, firstly, science still does attract by the intrinsic satisfaction it brings to its followers and by its apparent disinterestedness, a large proportion of the most brilliant minds of each generation. Yeah. But then he also says, secondly, science is easy far easier than anyone outside it can imagine. Once its language is learned, advances, except at some critical sticking places, come almost of themselves. 
So you don't really have to, yeah, work very hard for it. It's just like, yeah, you just go, you work, you do things, and then advances will just come. Okay, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. But this, I mean, I'm not sure if I agree with this idea that he's saying that it's actually easier than people think. Because we also, I mean, for in preparation, we reread this um, article, like The Importance of Stupidity in Science by mm -hmm. Martin Schwartz. Where he does mm -hmm. say, oh, people, what do you think about that? Like, do you think science is easy? I think it's a good question. So how often do you feel you have to do really complex stuff, like really difficult things that require a very high level of intelligence? And maybe <laughs> we should already start by, like, intelligence is such a huge concept, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes in there, like planning and problem solving. and But I think one useful distinction to make is between what you'd call crystallized intelligence i think mm -hmm. so that's steady knowledge that you have like things you've learned over time and more fluid intelligence mm -hmm. really, really like on the spot basically the task you just ask like this association <laughs> that's like fluid intelligence you have yeah. to think on the spot but there are some moments you have to think on the spot but most of the time not so much um yeah like when you're doing improv say, yeah which is a lot yeah of fun. yeah or yeah. Well, when you're doing a q a after right. the presentation or when you're recording a podcast, right? Exactly. <laughs> we are we are basically relying on our fluid intelligence now constantly. But yeah. beyond these kind of situations, it's right. relatively rare, I think, that I feel the need to be super smart. But maybe I'm missing some aspects where, where we are smart. Most of the time, I feel I need to just sit down and do stuff. Well, first of all, we do psychology. So it's like not not, not that much intelligence required to do that to begin with. Let me just start with... <laughs> well, 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 we can get back to this. I'm not sure. But yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. The other thing, of course, is the curse of knowledge, where you think that everybody knows what you, mm -hmm. what you know. And I do think that... I mean, you might think that, oh, I'm just sitting here just doing stuff. I don't need to be super mm -hmm. smart, right? Mm -hmm. But you have mm -hmm. learned a lot of skills over time of, you know, mm -hmm. being able to read and write and, you know, do math and statistics at a certain level and being able to code and being able to, you know, understand concepts and abstract and, you know, be able to do mm -hmm. rational thinking and, you know, critical True. thinking. And so all of those, I mean, mm -hmm. it, they become sort of second nature at some point, but you don't realize that a lot of practice and a lot of time has gone into developing those skills, which mm -hmm. to a novice is, and I mean, I remember like even if I think about like how easily I can read, I mean, I'm not saying that it's easy to read papers, but if I compare mm. like three years ago now, when I started, three and a half years ago, when I started graduate school to now, I mean, the amount of difference, right? The, the yeah. amount of like things I can understand, you know, just by glancing at, you know, things yeah. or reading a chart or like any of those things, right? They take time and mm -hmm. effort over time and you forget how difficult it was at some point. Yeah, you, you do build it over time. But I think nowhere throughout this process where I was learning all these things, and it's mm -hmm. true, we've learned a lot of things, but nowhere did I really feel it requires real attention and it's very difficult. No, it just required like doing it, like reading, 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 thinking, okay, sure. But maybe as a, a comparison, like, I, I'm not very good at um, climbing. I like to go bouldering. I'm not mm -hmm. very good at it. And sometimes I see other people and they are much better than I am. Mm -hmm. But I also think that if I would go into the bouldering gym every yeah. day, I would probably become that good. Good, right. They are, you know? Right. Because it's just a matter of investing the amount of time. And, if, and we have just invested a ridiculous amount of time in learning certain things. Right. So... But is that intelligence or is that just investing a huge amount of I time mean, in building skills? What you're describing is that you have a growth mindset, Daniel. And <laughs> 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 I 
And I mean, if you do, <laughs> which I actually do think that. So, okay, I'm not sure if I told you this or said this on the podcast, but one of the reasons I got interested in sort of the, this concept of sort of self-efficacy, and I used to tutor statistics when I was an undergrad mm-hmm. in my first two years of undergrad. And one of the first times I heard somebody say, because I grew up in India and we were mm-hmm. raised to think that math was just about practice. Like that's how mm-hmm. we were taught is like, it's all about practice. You just mm-hmm. do it over and over and over again, mm-hmm. um, and then you get it, right? And, and in mm-hmm. fact, there's actually some research from somebody in our department which has shown that kids can learn, for example, how like to say the, wor- the words. They can like count to 10 by just saying mm-hmm. the words, but they don't actually know how to count, right? Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't understand the algorithm. They, they can just yeah, repeat, yeah. you know, exactly. they can repeat yeah. the words until 10, but they don't understand, right? If you ask them, give me three candies, they will not know mm-hmm. what the hell you're talking about. But it's a matter of just collecting enough data, right? You just repeat the mechanical process over and over again, and then you sort of get it. And so that's how we were taught. And then I came here, and then somebody said, oh, I'm not a math person. I'm like, that's not a thing. Like, that's, yeah. not, a, that's not a thing. Like, you're not yeah, yeah, a math yeah. person or not a math person. You just do it over and over, and then you get it. So I do think, and that's why mathematics is such a fascinating thing, because it, like, no, if I asked you, oh, Daniel, are you good at dancing? Are you good at dancing, mm-hmm. Daniel? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nobody. I mean, feels- that's an interesting one hmm, because there I might say like, no, this is just like I would never like. It doesn't. I feel like it doesn't matter how long I practice. Hmm, interesting. Okay, there I would definitely not say. You know, if I just spend enough time, I would become good at it. I would be oh, more doubtful. Oh, that's hilarious. There. So you don't have a growth mindset about dancing. <laughs> yeah. It- Can you just br- briefly, by the way, explain. So you have growth mindset and some other mindset. I know there's another version of mindset. Can you just explain? I mean, the yeah, two? I really don't like the term growth mindset, but because um, it. I I prefer sort of the implicit theories of intelligence, which is the idea that you think that intelligence is malleable. Then you have the fixed mindset, which is sort mm-hmm. of an entity theory where you think, oh, it's just a static thing, right? Dancing is this. Okay. Some yeah. people have it. Some people don't. And I'm yeah. somebody with two left feet, just can never do it, yeah. um, right? Yeah. Versus if you think you have a more malleable view of these talents or abilities, like, oh, yeah, I can get better at math if I just work at it. I can get better yeah. at dancing or cooking, whatever. But the thing yeah, is, like, yeah, yeah. if I ask you, and, and I mean, now you're saying, you know, oh, I'm not good at dancing. Nobody feels bad about that, right? Nobody is ashamed mm-hmm. to admit, oh, I'm bad at this or I'm bad at names or I'm bad at languages. But math yeah. is just one of those things where people, mm-hmm. it, there's mm-hmm. something about it that is profoundly upsetting to people to admit that, that they're bad at or they can't do well. Because I think it is, has us ties with intelligence, right? Smart people are able to do yeah. math. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially here, I think. Where you have that mindset of like, oh, there's some people, they're the smart ones, they can do the math, and I'm not mm. one of those people. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I got interested in this idea of like, oh, yeah, but if you think that you can actually just get better or do things, then it does affect how motivated you are, how willing mm-hmm. you are to spend time to actually build those skills, right? Mm. If you think I will never get better dancing, no matter how hard I try, are you going to try? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very interesting point. I didn't really think about it like that actually and i know these terms but i didn't really think like sometimes for some things i am not right like i feel fixed basically i feel right. like it doesn't matter if i practice whereas rationally i probably still would become yep. at least a lot better you know yes uh, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so 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 this process i mean but is this now intelligence or not because i mean that's another thing right we can think we can learn over time or not but do you still feel that this process, like it, it's also not that you're intelligent if you can learn, I guess, because everybody can. Well, you know, or is that intelligence? Well, maybe up. Hmm, hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, some people actually define, I mean, so the question of like, is, intel- is this intelligence or not? I mean, then we have to go into like, what is intelligence? And that's yeah. a. 
that's a whole another can of worms. Yeah. But some people actually do, some researchers and some um, scholars do define intelligence as the ability to learn. And some people actually, I mean, if you made the distinction, um, which is also very um, pertinent, is like the difference between crystallized and um, fluid intelligence, mm-hmm. whereas crystallized intelligence is just knowledge. Some people don't consider that to be part of intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. I personally do, but you also have to keep in mind that the more knowledge you have, the easier it is to learn more things, right? Yeah. Because knowledge yeah. builds on itself. So it, it's yeah. much harder to learn if you don't have some prerequisite knowledge that helps you build, um, build yeah. knowledge further. So... And I think there are some things where people differ in how well they're doing certain things. Like if you read a lot, that's one thing. But then if you, while you read, you're able to draw uh, links between things in your memory. You're like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. but this is like this, or this is like this mm-hmm, as you read mm-hmm. it. And right. I do feel like I was reading a book about philosophy today. Mm-hmm. And then it, it reminded me a lot about statistics and they're not writing about mm. this at all, but I could see yeah. all these kind of analogies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is actually kind of interesting. But I think yeah. that aspect of drawing those analogies might be a bit more, yeah, relying on whatever intelligence is because, yeah, it's a fake concept in some ways. But yeah. Okay. And it is, I mm. mean, that, yeah, I do think that being able to make those connections and stuff, the more knowledge you have, um, it definitely helps with that. So I also, I want to read a little bit more of... Um, Metawer, P- Peter Metawer, like in the mm-hmm. same chapter, he actually does mm-hmm. go on to say, I do not wish to undervalue the importance of intellectual skills in science, but I would rather undervalue them than overrate them to a degree that might frighten recruits away. Different mm-hmm. branches of science calls for rather different abilities anyway, but after deriding the idea that there is any such thing as the scientist, I must not speak of science as if it were one single species of activity. Yeah. To collect... Nice. To collect and classify beetles requires abilities, talents, and incentives quite different from, and I do not say inferior to, those that enter into theoretical physics or statistical epidemiology. The pecking order within science, a most complicated snobismus, certainly (laughs) rates theoretical physics above the taxonomy of beetles, perhaps because in the collection and classification of beetles, the order of nature is thought to spare us any great feat of judgment or intellection. Is there not a slot waiting for each beetle to fit into? Um, so I like this idea of him saying that. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't wish, wish to undervalue it, but we don't want to do it overvalue to the to the degree that you know people will get discouraged. Yeah. And there is the snobbery. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think snobismus is a great um, title for a, a future episode, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, like the different different things in science require different skills totally. and. And so we, right, like, just like, yeah, some, some totally. people are better at mathematics, yeah. some people are better, better at language. And so we should yeah. be open yeah. to people who are intelligent in different ways, as people would say, you know, that some people do subscribe to the theory of multiple yeah. intelligences. You have multiple mm-hmm. kinds. And you, if you mm-hmm. think about it, right, if you're a quarterback in a, mm-hmm. in a game, like even that requires a certain intelligence, right? Or being able to play a musical instrument or being able to do surgery. It's a different kind yeah. of intelligence, yeah. but it's, those are skills oh, that, right. Yeah, there, and there are all sorts of tasks. Like, for example, if you want to do a meta-analysis, right? That that requires like a certain systematic approach and conscientiousness mm-hmm. and some uh, accuracy right. skills, and mm-hmm. you know, and and also diligence because it takes forever. So, right, it requires a whole skill set to do a task yeah. like that, mm-hmm. and it's super important. And maybe you know, somewhere there might be points where you're like, okay, let me try to explain some variation in these effect mm-hmm. sizes. There's a bit of creativity there, or maybe right. you come up with a good idea, but a large part of it is not so reliant on 
on intelligence. I on intelligence, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, I do think people underestimate how much of the like the, what we think of as intelligence are just skills that have been built like over time, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like just putting in the effort and putting in the time to learn yeah. how to, you know, yeah. do do yeah. things well and build these yeah. like intellectual skills. And I think if you start to learn these things and rely on them in some way, uh-huh. you, you've realized that you have these skills and they um, help you out again and again. Right. I, I feel that somewhere in my career, that's also where I stopped worrying and thinking about whether you're smart enough, but also something else that I stopped doing, and that is pretending that I knew things. <laughs> nice. yeah. So I remember that when I was a PhD student, I actually used to pretend that I knew things. Interesting. And somebody might say, like, yeah, of course, as explained in this 1977 paper by a famous person, this and this. And then I would sit there. I would be like, uh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would never say, like, who, what, which, what, which paper uh, are you talking about? So because I... F- yeah, yeah, anyway, well, you, no, you've never but, done this, apparently. Well, You're no, surprised. No, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not surprised in the sense that, well... There's a difference between pretending that you know something that you don't and just not acknowledging hmm. that you don't know something Tr- and trying just like, to hide that you don't know something. Not, I mean, that not was trying different. to hide, but I think what hmm. what I typically do is well, sometimes I no, I'm I'm sure I've done that. I'm sure I've done where I pretended hmm. I know what what's being said. But for me, hmm. it's more like I'll put a bookmark. Like anytime hmm. somebody says something or something comes up that I don't understand, it'll be like a bookmark in my mind. I'm like, oh, I will go look that up. Like yeah, I would of course. find out what that is. No, of course, you would go back to your office and then like, what, what was this? <laughs> what what was that? this? Yeah. But, but you wouldn't say it at the moment. No, I, yeah, I but mean, I mean, and, and now I don't. Now I never do this. I never do this anymore. Oh, that that is never. great, right? Um, because I don't feel the need. Like I feel, you know, and I, I think this is this process of where you start and you have a certain uncertainty about if you're smart or that kind of thing, and then you feel that you are not allowed to admit it. But now. I know that my skill set is there mm, for some right. things where I know a right. lot about. And because I have this skill set in an area where I know stuff about, I also don't mind saying in these other fields, like, yeah, that's the stuff where I didn't build that skill set. So please tell me, 1977, whoever, what is this paper <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this is, this is so fascinating. But it, it, like, I mean, I think it, all, it also depends on what the context is. Like, of course, if we're in the middle of a seminar, there's like, you know, 20 people or it's a drug club, right? And they're asking like, oh, what did you mean by that? It's just a distraction because... This is not mm. right. Like you're not no. going to cater to mm. my needs of like, oh, I'm curious and I don't know. So context also no. matters. On one and one, I'm less likely to do that. Where I'll pretend that I know what somebody's talking about because there it'll be super obvious if you're talking about something and I don't know. Yeah, but you that's know? the weird thing. Yeah, but I know, I know it is. You <laughs> have to sort of, but I, I still used to do it, and okay. especially like when I was talking to my supervisor, especially I definitely early on. I remember. Oh, it. interesting. I just remember it. Yeah. And, and why? Why did I do this? But I don't know because you just didn't right. feel comfortable saying I don't interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm not saying that I haven't done that. I'm sure I have. I do think that I might be less likely to do it than some other mm. people. Like I still mm. to this day remember, like in my first year. At some point, the advisor at the time said, oh, we'll just look at zero order correlations. And at the yeah, time, yeah, I had never yeah. heard the term zero order. Like, I mean, I know what a correlation is, but she said zero mm. order correlation. And I was like, what is that? And I'm sure she mm. looked at me like I was stupid. But it was like, well, I don't know what that term you're using, right? So I just asked yeah, her, like, what yeah, do you mean yeah. zero order correlation? Mm. But I think I'm less likely to do it because, and this may be where we will talk more about stupidities, because I do think at least I've seen, and especially maybe at a place like Berkeley, but definitely I think, 
maybe in academia in general, people are really afraid of asking mm-hmm. those questions of like, what did you mean? Because you're going to be seen as stupid. Like people yeah. will think you're stupid and you don't know, know things because you ask, you know, questions that are than what people might think. And the problem yeah. with that, of course, is that everybody uses terms differently. And when you're getting into mm-hmm. science or academia, right, a lot of it is just it, it's this sort of jargon that's been built up to make communication easier. But you first have to learn. It's almost like learning a mm-hmm. new language of how people talk. Totally. Right? And people use yeah. these shortcuts and they use these terms in these specific ways. So you it, it's re, it's really it's it makes me very sad when I think that people are really afraid. And I've seen it over and over again. I remember the statistics class I took in my first semester mm-hmm. um in our first year in grad school and i i did not th- that that course i really just did not give a shit about seeming stupid <laughs> i asked every mm-hmm. question i came mm-hmm. to my mind because i'm like i just need to know things you know mm-hmm. like i just care mm-hmm. about learning this and I, so mm-hmm. i don't mind asking a question that i know everybody might be thinking and it, like it really when yeah. i'm like i i just need to learn i really do not care how stupid yeah. it might look and I think yeah. it's it's so sad. I saw so many people just super afraid of asking questions mm-hmm. because it will be seen. I think as, it happens. It happens yeah. all the time. And now, right. of course, I see it more as a teacher or a supervisor right. of students. And because I did it myself, and I know that other yeah. people might do it, sometimes I'll ask a student. You know, I'll say like blah 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 blah, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, huh, huh yeah. And I said, okay, did you just nod your head or do you actually understand what I said? You know, I mean, because, you know, and I might explain yeah. why, but yeah. I just ask, like, are you, do you really understand right. this or are you just are pretending you just that you understand? It? Because yeah. otherwise we'll explain it a bit more, you know, just tell me. So, yeah. Yeah. And then they avoid your gaze, right? They avoid looking at you because you can see in people's eyes whether they're getting yeah. it or not. Yeah. yeah, no, but I think it actually, it's actually fine. If you go through this somewhere in the beginning, I think it's also a great way, you know, to start a conversation about, yeah, no, that, of course you shouldn't know yeah. everything here. Yeah? That's totally right. fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's such a natural thing, I think, to try. And you're right. So we don't want to uh, look too stupid, but um, up to the point where you become pretty smart in something else. So I think right. really over time you lose it because you then have this skill set. You've built all this expertise about a topic. Mm-hmm. And that basically inoculates you against right. being stupid about all these other domains. You're like, yeah. It, I mean, first of all, I've shown that I can right. become exactly. an expert right. in mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And it also is for me very logical. I'm not an expert in all those other things. Right. So can you please explain to me what a zero order correlation is? Because right. that is not something. And and I have this now all the time where I say, this is something I've never used in my research over the last 13 years. So I don't know what this is. You have to explain it. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and there's also, of course, that th- like, at some point when you're a novice in a field or in a discipline, whatever, right, mm-hmm. it's difficult, or even in the course, I, I would think, it's difficult to know what you don't know because you haven't done your homework versus yeah. what you, you know, what you, mm-hmm. somebody's just using words in a specific way or you're not supposed to know. But I think like you're saying, right, as over time you've built your, you know, expertise and you know enough to where you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to know this. So it's okay to ask the question. Whereas I think when yeah. you're just starting out, I think a lot of people, and I've definitely felt that, right? Oh, I should know this, right? If exactly. I'd done, if I'd done the reading better, or if I'd done, you know, if I knew more, then I wouldn't understand what was being said. Um, I think I said, yeah. um, <laughs> I think I once tweeted as one of my favorite tweets was that, you know, <laughs> um, expertise is like going from, oh, this does not make sense to me to this does not make sense, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like yeah. first you're like, oh, I don't understand this, but it might, it must be me. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't done what I need to do, or I don't, I haven't, you know, um, learned enough. And at some point you're like, no, I have done enough, and I know what I'm, you know. I know it, I have enough background knowledge to know that this is not on me, right? I just don't mm-hmm. understand and I just want to know. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's hard to get that place. And 
this this feeling of stupidity. I mean, we we read. Um, so I want to read. I want to read you a quote um, by Feynman. There's actually a very nice video that we can link where um, mm-hmm. it's a very short, like 35 second video, and I just I love it so much. Um, where he says, um, when you're thinking about something you don't understand, you have a terrible, uncomfortable feeling called confusion. It's a very difficult and unhappy business. And so most of the time, you're rather actually unhappy with this confusion. You can't penetrate this thing. Now, it is this confusion because we're all some kind of apes that are kind of stupid working against this, trying to figure out, put two sticks together to reach the banana. And we can't quite make it. Um, I get, And I get the feeling all the time that I'm an ape trying to put two sticks together. So I always feel stupid. Once in a while, though, the sticks go together on me and I reach the banana. Um, so he's talking about this feeling of like, I mean, this is we're talking. I mean, we were talking about sort of interpersonal context and admitting that you don't know something. But he's talking about like in from a scientific perspective, right? When you're trying to understand something that's mm-hmm. difficult and challenging, you do kind of feel kind of stupid. And like you, you know, it's, it's, it is an yeah. uncomfortable feeling. And I think. Hmm. I, I think we need to sort of t- maybe talk about it a bit more and get people to a place where they're comfortable with that feeling, right? Like things feel mm-hmm. hard in the beginning. It's difficult yeah. and it's uncomfortable and you feel stupid. And I just, I wish more people would be comfortable with feeling stupid. I I, I think everybody needs to feel a little stupid and I think that's yeah. fine, you know? Yeah, or where you have it. or I mean, we often don't say how long it took us to learn something, right. for example, even though it took us a long time before we actually figured stuff out. Yeah. And, and sometimes you see people who say this. They say like, you know, like learning R, for example. Mm-hmm. I think there are quite right. some people who say, yeah, I had to try it like three times before right. I finally got there, Yeah. which is nice to hear because then you're like, yeah, I also tried it and I mm-hmm. failed. But yeah. that's actually completely normal. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, because not everybody just starts it and then learns it and right. succeeds in mastering it but sometimes yeah. you get frustrated and you sort of give up for a while and you have to try it in a different way yeah. i think that's very normal but it's yeah i think for, for for learning r it's actually such a um task like new thing for many people especially if you don't have a lot of programming experience it's like learning a new language it actually yeah. is like learning a new language i think r is indeed like learning a language um, but but also because it's such a new skill, you uh, start it, uh-huh. you can fail and stop. And that's not like learning the literature, reading the literature, learning right. about psychology. That's uh-huh. not so clearly delineated. So you uh-huh. can't say, oh, yeah, I tried it there and then I stopped and failed. So you don't uh-huh. really see this process of trying, not right. getting it. You might actually, if you read a paper that's very difficult, you get part of it, but you don't understand most of it. And then... A decade later, you read the same paper again. You're like, wow, this is, I mean, I kind of liked it in the beginning, but I didn't really get it. But now I like it even more because I get more. And then a decade later, you read it again. You're like, "Ah, wow, this is all so great. You know, so so sometimes you have that experience with reading, but you have it a lot with programming. And I think there many people just say, I tried to I tried to read it, but I didn't. Or I tried to learn it, but I didn't get it. Some people might just say, I tried to read this book, but it was really too difficult. And then maybe you, you learn other stuff and you go back to it like seven years later and then you would manage. So that is just part of doing science. And right. I think in that sense, um, we talked about science being easy, right? Or uh, Bernal says it's easy. Well, and some you other said it's say, easy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but parts of it are easy, I think. Right. Um, if you have a set of skills. But right. of course, as you are learning those skills, 
you often will feel stupid, like right. Feynman says, where you're trying with sticks and it doesn't work. And you're like, what am I doing? Right. And, and, and that's also in this um, paper about the importance of stupidity in scientific mm-hmm. research that we should say, look, if you don't feel stupid every now and then as you're trying something, then you're not really, you know, learning new things. You're not really right. doing. You're not challenging yourself intellectually, right? Yeah, because exactly. learning how to, learning R, learning how to code is, it's a skill yeah. and it does take, you know, you're, you are literally right, like rewiring your brain to like learn this new skill and it's effortful and it's hard and it makes you feel mm-hmm. stupid. And again, yeah. I think that like, you, like we, we need to be like to be scientists, like, yeah, you don't need to be super smart, but you need to be willing to put in that time and effort into mm-hmm. learn, even when it's hard and yeah. even when, when it makes you feel kind of stupid. Yeah. And it's interesting that the same thing happens not with coding, but with understanding concepts or things. So, so, I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about statistics and it's sort of like programming where in the beginning you have to look it up every time and you just don't remember it. But then there's a, you know, stuff that you can just code from memory. You don't have to look it up. And the same with concepts. You're like, I don't have to look up what this is. I understand it. And there's a point even beyond this where you can become creative with code. You're like, oh, wait, I'm going to fix it in this kind of fun way. Uh And that's the same conceptually. You're like, okay, I now know this stuff very well and I can do stuff with it. But before you get there, it's more difficult to see it conceptually than with coding because it's just like this line, now it works or it doesn't work. Like understanding is not a dichotomous, it works or it doesn't work. Right. but it's more vague but i think the things are yeah the process is very similar oh absolutely and that's a good point right like and especially with and statistics is a good example because statistics i think is it has a like really sweet spot of like being equally conceptual and equal equally sort of technical right so you mm-hmm. see sort of both parts to it but i mean you're totally right like i attend um mark wilson who's here like um his mm-hmm. research group all the time and i say it all the time like Every time I'm in his like with his research group, I mean, they, you know, it's like equations like, you know, all day, every mm. day. And like yeah. in the beginning, you're just like, OK, this is just Greek. It's literally, literally mm. Greek. And I don't understand any of it. But each time, you know, each time we have, you know, sessions mm-hmm. that everything makes a little bit more sense. Right. So mm-hmm. each time you go, you understand a little bit more of it. And at first you're like, oh, no, none of this makes sense. And then slowly and slowly each things make a little bit more sense. And then he'll say the same thing, you know, the fifth time. And I'm like, oh, now I get it, right? Now yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. So you do yeah. have to just give it time. But you have yeah, to- Yeah, a, a lot of time. A lot of time. time and yeah. But you have to yeah. just like be willing to go in those rooms where you are just like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. As long yeah. as you are willing to just sit through that uncomfortable feeling and be okay yeah. with that and be willing to like, okay, yeah, I, it does not make sense now, but it will eventually, right? If you give yeah. it time. So now I still want to go back all the way to the beginning. Like, is this now intelligence, this process? I mean, you have to be intelligent enough. Okay. But I think many people who make it to the university, mm-hmm. they they are in a top percent somewhere of smart people, right? So if you've made it to university, I think you probably have the intelligence that is sufficient for most mm-hmm. of these learning tasks yeah. that we're mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, it's very... Yeah unlikely that you really not be able to go through this process and then so let's say you have to have a base rate Mm -hmm. of being able to learn right being smart in some way according to some definition but let's just assume that most people who make it definitely up to the level of a phd Mm -hmm. they they have they have the level that you need you know Mm -hmm. and and then you get like intelligence is not really that important in day-to-day life you already have it you have enough of it but then you get to this Perseverance, for example, is a really important skill. Yeah. And oh, maybe absolutely. 
being able to be uncomfortable like you described mm-hmm. like this feeling of feeling like oh my god i don't know anything mm-hmm. feeling comfortable enough with this to stick through it mm-hmm. or um i don't know all sorts of and maybe that's interesting to talk about like what other things do we actually feel you need more on a day-to-day basis to perform well like i think yeah. perseverance is super important you know very important yeah and this is what i mean and might as well they call sort of non-cognitive factors that contribute to you know mm. you know academic okay. achievement and academic performance right i mean perseverance is definitely a big one conscientiousness i think is probably really really important um, mm-hmm. Just to do well, both academically, I think, and as a scientist, um, and and conscientiousness. Like I'm, I, I know a little bit. Like I think what it is, but it means you do things on time and you whatever. I yeah, mean, you do you, things on time. You do things well. You are sort of you know diligent and meticulous, mm-hmm. and you know. Okay. Yeah, you do a good job. You, you would do, do a good, good job. G- you not too <laughs> sloppy. <laughs> yeah, not too okay. sloppy. And I think, and, and I actually think that is probably more. I mean, it it is correlated with IQ, as far as I know. Um, mm-hmm. Which kind of, you know, it makes sense, but it's like you're doing things carefully and diligently and being sort of mm. meticulous about things. And I think that I think is probably more important, right? Like, I don't. Yeah. And what's really interesting is I've I've heard people like being quick is, I think, something that people think is yeah. a sign of intelligence, which you see mm-hmm. all the time of people sort of using that yeah. as a proxy of like um, thinking that people are smart just because they can think quickly or talk quickly or you know Mm some and i just i Mm -hmm. don't understand that because there are some very very Mm -hmm. smart people who actually are Mm -hmm. kind of slow and will take a lot of time to think and and it's like you but but what it's like and i remember having this conversation once with a grad student who said that he would try to finish his exams as fast as he could like to him Mm -hmm. that was a sign of like doing well was like i just want to finish it really Mm -hmm. quickly and that is Mm -hmm. not i'm like no i will spend as like i will spend the whole time and i'll double check my answers Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about doing Mm -hmm. things fast. It's about doing things well. (laughs) And so I think that's where it comes in. Like when you're a scientist, like I don't care if you do things fast. I care if you do them well. And Mm. I think we should care about that more when you're a scientist. Right. Like it doesn't matter if it takes you longer. Just be conscientious about it. Right. Just try to do it as well as you can because mistakes are costly. Right. Yeah. But yeah. th- those are not the Hollywood movie scenes that we see where somebody is in an old building and starts to write on a blackboard like, oh, my, but I got it. And there you go. This is it. Tick, tick. Eureka. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not like a 17 hour film where you just see people meticulously re- work through some calculations like I have it now. That's true. But that's my point. Right. Like in popular yeah, culture and yeah. popular, you think of uh you, you know, yeah. smart people being like super quick and yeah, being able yeah. to just like yeah. get get things. Um, yeah. And I think it, it is really um, exaggerated how I, I've been. Yeah, I'll give you an example where I was in a, a grant evaluation committee, which hey. has interviews, which hey. has in-person interviews. Uh-huh. At this moment, you have to rank people in terms of giving them a grant. And I remember there being like you speak many people on those days. And um you have a lot of information about their grant, which is really the main thing that you're actually evaluating. But mm-hmm. you're also evaluating the candidate. But there you also have a ton of information. But right. then there was one situation where somebody just gave such a witty answer. Oh, I see. And everybody in the group was sort of like, oh, man, that was really a good answer. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they were lucky at the spot they come up. You know, the next right. person might not have come up with a witty answer. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, it really didn't say anything about this. Mm, like, you know, we have so much other if yeah. fun that it was a fun witty answer. Great. But yeah. it, you could really see it impress a lot of people lot in of this people. committee. Yeah. And I think it is a bit problematic to be so happy with this and take this as a sign of. 
I think so. I definitely think so. It's um, and the yeah, and and I mean, you think about it, right? Like even another synonym for being stupid is slow. Like yeah, you think people yeah, who are yeah. stupid are slow. Like it, li- we yeah. literally think that oh, being being able to be fast and quick is some somehow a sign of um, intelligence. I mean, it certainly shows that you probably have right, like a rate of probably firing firing a little bit faster, right? But I but I don't think that mm. necessarily makes you intelligent, right? Yeah. Like intel- yeah, or, or especially not doing good useful science, right? Ex- exactly. I mean, that just exactly. might be this much right. more slow process. Most of the time, it probably is actually right. Um, yeah, so that's a good point. That uh, yeah, yeah. And so this concept are there other these non cognitive factors, other ones that you didn't mention yet? I think it's interesting. Too. I mean. Motivation, I think, is a oh, yeah. really, really important one, of yeah. course, which mm-hmm. kind of goes without mm-hmm. saying, right? You have to be motivated. Like we said, even to learn these skills, you have to be motivated, but then to do well. I think motivation mm-hmm. is a big one. Like you said, perseverance, conscientiousness. Um, I think just good, um, what you would call sort of um, regulation, sort of in personal regulation, being able to plan things. Which might mm-hmm, be sort of related mm-hmm. to conscientious, conscientiousness, but definitely being able to, you know, delay gratification and being able to mm-hmm. ma- maintain some kind of control and, right, like being able yeah. to plan and organize well. I think that is probably also very, very important. Yeah. 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 Because it's such, it's such a year long process. Yeah. Exactly. It's probably really yeah. important, right? Because it's a long, slow mm-hmm. process. You have to be willing to be like, oh, yeah, no, th- th- this is not going to be. Yeah. If you're, if you're the kind of person who wants Im- immediate gratification, Science is probably not going to, you know, be very, um, be very gratifying. Yeah. 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 And that is also the sense that um, science is difficult in, I think, right? Um, Because that's also in this uh, paper on the importance of stupidity in scientific research that Mm -hmm. um, doing important research, that is really difficult. Like doing research is not too difficult and it can be useful. You know, you can just mm-hmm. be like, okay, um, this has been done. I read the suggestions for further research. Mm-hmm. They said, how about we do it like this or here? You know, this should also be done. And I take it and I do it very well. Right. So you can do this. And that's, I think, you know, a bit more like Bacon also says, yeah, you can use the method. You'll mm-hmm. generate knowledge. Great. But but I guess um, really making sort of a more important contribution Again, it doesn't even require maybe some real intelligence, maybe in some way, I don't know, but it requires probably building up a huge amount of existing knowledge mm-hmm. and then starting to, I don't know, draw you push know, the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. But see relations between different kind of things and think, wait, but if I take that from here and then I introduce it here and then what would happen or maybe, you know, not just what would happen, but actually that that would allow me to explain this thing or something like this. That I think describes better what I, I would think of as creativity, which is also yeah. very important in science. Yeah. And I think that's it's it's related to intelligence, but also a little bit different. And I think yeah. and but, I think we should draw a distinction. And maybe that could be a topic for a future um, podcast. But I think creativity is super important. And what you're describing here, and I'm being able to see different things. And I think that that falls, I think, in more in the creative domain. Also very mm. important for science, right? Yeah, but I, yeah. I did want to ask about it, like indeed, because I think creativity can be important. Mm-hmm. But but is that intelligence or not really? Like, you, um, I mean, everything is correlated with everything. everything. So let's get that out of the way. But you know, <laughs> do we see? Uh, I mean, real... it, hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, we ask these questions: Are they the same thing or are they not? And sometimes I think, and who decides that? We do, Daniel. Mm. That's the problem sometimes. <laughs> and I think the sort of flexible thinking. 
um, and what you're describing, I think I, I don't think I would count that as intelligence. I think that's a little mm. bit little bit different. But again, I guess you know depends on yeah. who whom you ask. So yeah. So it also means we could have very creative researchers and um, people right. who are you know more analytic, for example, but not so creative. Um, all sorts of different roles, right? So that's also in what Paul Medawar also says, I guess, where he says there are all these different roles in science and. Yeah. And what's interesting then is that I do think that, I mean, that's exactly what he's describing, right? That we think of this as this hierarchy of like, oh, if you're just sort of smart enough and intelligent and you can, you know, do the tasks that you're, you're going to sit on a bench and do your, you know, little experiments and run these things mechanically, that's a different kinds of smartness than you would need for something like where you're, you are being more creative, right? If you're putting ideas together pushing the boundaries, saying things that nobody else is saying or thinking mm-hmm. about um, that makes you seem more intelligent or in somehow mm-hmm. is valued a little bit more um, mm-hmm. in science. And I mean, you do have to think about right, like why is Einstein thought of as one mm-hmm. of the a genius and right, like one of the, the smartest scientists to have ever lived is because he, it's not like he, right? I mean, people do try to like make the argument that, oh, he was, you know, at a time, at a place and the kind of, you know, information he was getting was sort of, you know, put him in a special place to be able to to think about the mm-hmm. ways he was thinking, but he was thinking very differently than everybody else, right? There was this, like, immense creativity involved in the way he was going about thinking about these ideas. And so it, it is yeah. sort of, yeah, thought of as sort of the pinnacle of being a scientist, right? Not that just you can mechanically do things really mm-hmm. well, but that you're actually pushing it further and doing something very, very creative. Right. But then um, I actually read some uh, work showing that i mean we know that many cases the same the same thing is discovered by multiple people which was uh, also it, the case it, in einstein's time actually yep. like e equals yep. mc squared was thought of by somebody before but oh, in a different context or i mean calculus is a great example right two people thought of it independently yeah. newton and yeah. leibniz yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so i think there's also i mean of course it's super difficult to pinpoint what happens where but there is at least some group of people who say no in science things just happen because we're all progressing we're making Mm -hmm. these kind of movements Mm -hmm. forward Mm -hmm. anyway you don't really need to be a sort of lone genius but somebody will figure it out somewhere and i don't know i mean einstein definitely uh you know was a person thinking of many of these things and other people might also have thought of but he also thought of all of them so that's (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah but but anyway, yeah, there is some difference in uh, thinking Creativity. about how yeah, yeah. How, how much of a genius you had to be, or also being in the right place, thinking about at the right time. stuff at the right time, right? Uh, yeah, which is also a difficult skill to learn that yeah. just happens, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, this idea of I mean, yeah, might be something to explore more about, like you know, being intelligent versus being creative, and you know, we do mm. we do call them you know creative geniuses, right? Like, mm. and you might mm. and and that might even include you know people like you know Mozart, right? We would call him mm. a creative genius. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, because you could be a great musician in that you can paint uh, or not paint. You could be a great musician and you can just play something. Right. You can you can mm-hmm. play uh, somebody that somebody somebody else has created really, really well. And that would make you mm-hmm. an excellent musician. Right. Yeah. But are you actually yeah. creating things? Right. So so that's a good point. I, I had to. It makes me think of something else I wanted to ask, which is, do you think that being very intelligent? I mean, I think one thing that Einstein maybe did was also being critical or being different like he didn't take uh, certain approaches as given but he thought look there's going to be another explanation for this or Mm -hmm. something and um 
I don't know if it's a good link, but anyway, I was thinking, uh, do you think that being intelligent pro- prevents you from falling victim to confirmation bias? Or actually not so much. And are there also some scientists who are very good at um, preventing confirmation bias and being critical? Um, and does that require intelligence to the same extent, right? Because I have to say that sometimes I think many people are actually quite smart. And I'm rarely <laughs> walking around. No, but I think so. I, I rarely well, walk around and I think like, oh, you're really not smart enough. But I often think you are not self-critical enough. You're not trying to prevent confirmation bias enough. You're not using your intellect to prevent you from fooling yourself. And that's something I do note more often. I mean, so you asked the question, do I think that if you're more intelligent, are you less likely to fall prey to confirmation bias? I actually don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. as, as you're kind of saying, like, yeah, it's not that because I'm like, look at the state of academia right now, Daniel. Like, this is not, these are not stupid people, right? Like, people, exactly. exactly. Yeah, they're not stupid people, but they're just not, yeah. I think you're right. They're not thinking yeah. critically and they're not asking themselves, am I wrong? Could I be wrong? Um, how could yeah. I be wrong? Um, I, I know a couple of parapsychologists. Uh, no, wow, nice. You know, who study yeah. this. And yeah. And they are smart, they're funny, they're kind, they're like, they're, you know, right. I mean, these are just, <laughs> just high-functioning, <laughs> you know, not just normal people, but like high fun, highly right. functional people, like doing, really, you, you walk away, you're like, wow, this was great conversation, not like, oh, wow, this is, you know. Right, yeah. So I think but then t- they yeah. also think, yeah, I don't know, you know, that's right. some, some weird things where you're like, how, how can you, well, not even how can you not entertain the thought? Because and that it, might actually be yeah. a sign of, you know, being open for everything. Open-minded how, and yeah. Mm-hmm. But but how, after two decades, can you not have falsified the fact right. that this is just not how it works? Right. That, that part, I don't understand. Yeah. And yeah, I actually don't think that that is correlated super highly with intelligence. Although, I mean, you have to keep in mind, right? I mean, most scientists, right? most certified scientists don't believe in God, right? So maybe there is something hmm. to be said about, okay, the, the more intelligent you are, maybe you are maybe a little bit more likely to sort of question ideas that aren't. And I do think it sort of lines mm. up with a scientific, right? Mm. A scientific worldview does, you know, push you in the direction of questioning mm-hmm. dogma, or at least it should, um, whether well, it, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if that's the case exactly. And I think yeah. there are some very smart people who combine their intellect with confirmation bias. And there you actually get into problems. That's actually quite problematic for science. Maybe the problem is that pe- these smart people think they're smart. So they are not questioning mm-hmm. their ideas enough, right? No, they're they not. are smart. <laughs> they are smart. And they think so they're this, smart. Hmm. So they're like, oh, of course I'm right about this. If I think that, yeah. right? Like you don't, you, you maybe feel don't the need, you don't feel the need as much to question yeah. your ideas because you're like, oh, I'm smart. You know, yeah, it can I, even I know be a bit dangerous, these, right? It can even be a bit yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it can even yeah. be a bit dangerous that you think like, yeah, and I am, I am really, really smart, and and I've right. been thinking that this is right for a long time, so it yeah. must be right. I mean, must sure, be right. it must be right. Yeah, I don't know, but it feels like this is another sort of skill that you need, like this critical perspective, critical thinking, training yourself, yeah. this right. critical thinking. Yeah, and, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, which is essential for a scientist, I think. You know, I mean. Uh, we, talked about it before of course we have a whole episode on confirmation bias but right. yeah, i feel that that's an important thing to do as a scientist and so you can be pretty smart but if you miss this thing yeah you can still not make very useful contributions yeah. to science regrettably to science. yeah and again yeah i mean we talked about it sort of also in you know the sort of um the Feynman episode that we cargo science of like this like yeah mm-hmm. this part of what he would call is like part of scientific integrity right this like 
motivation to not fool yourself. You're like, how could mm-hmm. I be wrong? Right. Like, how could I be wrong? Which I think, again, I mean, the systems of science are not set up to encourage that kind of thinking or that kind of behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, because you're always like encouraged to prove oh, I'm right and this is why I'm right. And here's all the evidence for why I'm right. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking yeah. about, oh, how could I be wrong? Um, mm-hmm. Or even like being okay with uncertainty or, inco- I mean, he makes this point, um, Martin Schwartz, in The Importance of Stupidity in Scientific Research, where he says, productive stupidity means being ignorant by choice. Focusing on the important questions puts us in the awkward position of being ignorant. One of the beautiful things about science is that it allows us to bumble along, getting it wrong time after time, and mm. feel perfectly fine as long as we learn something each time. No doubt this can be difficult for students who are accustomed to getting the right answer. Um, and no doubt, reasonable levels of confidence and emotional resilience help. But I think scientific education might do more to ease with this very big transition from learning what other people have discovered um, to making your own discoveries. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a very interesting thing. And of course, I think we do it somewhere in the thesis when you start to study and then you have to start to explain like, yeah, no, we just don't know about this. We don't know how to do this. So, but yeah, we could make this uh, maybe even clearer. I like it. Yeah. Bumbling along is also a very good summary of what science is about, which people, I don't think they feel that this is really like when you say this, I think many people think you're not really serious or something, you know, like that (laughs) you're just, you know, you're just messing around. You're just trying as good as you can, but it feels like, you know, this process of, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying and trying to figure it out as well. You're like, but often you don't have a clue of what you're you're actually doing or how you're going to get there. Yeah. 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 You're like trying to get to that banana and it's, yeah, it's hard and you don't get there. Very often, yeah. but it's but it but that is I think, yeah, feeling comfortable with that, like this this these feelings of like bumbling along and not really getting mm-hmm. it and feeling stupid. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I do think that most people who really like enjoy science or even things like mathematics. I um one of the favorite classes I've taken um during high school was like this class in linear algebra. And we had this wonderful professor um who would say just like wonderful things in class when it's like oh. Like it's so difficult, but but and he's like, but it's it's so satisfying when it clicks, you know. It's yeah. so, and that's one of the most. I mean, I one of my favorite things ever in life to have done was like teach mathematics. I enjoyed it, and I'm I'm I will say I'm not I will never plan to be good at it, but I enjoy it so much because the satisfaction you get when you finally understand something, it's mm. it's so it's hmm. so gratifying. It's just so pleasurable to like you're like oh it's so difficult and you know and it's like you can't really get it and then finally it clicks and it just it feels so good right mm-hmm, and i think mm-hmm. that's it, it like it's like sciences like that i think but at such a long term mm-hmm. right where you have to like mm-hmm. go through that process oh, yeah. for a very very long time but eventually like things will click and they will kind of make sense and sometimes you might mm-hmm. get something but then you're like then you lose it and then you're like oh where but it's it you know it's very satisfying yeah. when yeah. when you can get to that place yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's very good that you mentioned it and also that it takes this uh, amount of time because I was talking, I mean, I often talk to people and I ask, like, should you often talk to people? Yeah, I often talk to people. But to PhD students about, you know, what are you doing? Do you like it? And how are things going? And, and you know, then they say something like, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure if I want to keep keep doing this because, you know, I don't know, you know, it's really a kind of, you know, like tough you're, you're really yeah. working on something for a while it's difficult and then i right. don't know maybe i want to work somewhere else or more like applied research or mm-hmm. something and and recently for the first time i realized like uh i, I said yeah but you know you you're not making the right comparison yet mm-hmm. because you're thinking about your 
thing now, what you're working on now mm-hmm. and how much you know about it now. And you're trying to compare this career mm-hmm. with a career somewhere else. But that's not the, the thing you should be comparing. Mm-hmm. You should be thinking in six years from now or something, mm-hmm. I will have this feeling where it clicks. Right. You start to have this expertise. Yeah. You feel like, oh, wait, but I get it now. But I get it, yeah. And you have to compare your career in science in this field <laughs> with that other career. But right. you don't know how to do this yet. But this right. feeling of the time getting scale. something. Right. Yeah. yeah, but being there in this place where you're like, I get it, I understand yeah. it. You feel yeah. really you know, smart enough or you feel <laughs> at the point where you can make yeah. some contributions. Right. That is a very different feeling of being a scientist than when you're a grad student. And I mean, right. I, have to, I have to say, like, I've, I've gone through it. I know how I can compare them. Yeah. It is incomparable. And and then add to it that the, your topic also became your topic in this time, or maybe you did something completely different after your PhD. But you've gotten this expertise about right. the topic that you actually also really care about. Yeah, and you've gotten really good at it. So that feeling that okay. is, and and I'll have that for the rest of my career. Yeah, you know, and that is the career you have to compare against a, a career outside of academia. And you right. can't do that yet as at a PhD, I think. You don't know how it feels. I really don't think so. No. I, I didn't feel like that at all. It's a completely different feeling of doing science. So so that's right. interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's probably no way to, like, there's no way you can make an analogy for somebody, right? It's just something you probably just have to experience and stick with it and know. Um, yeah, that yeah. eventually you'll get there, right? There's yeah, no way to yeah, really, exactly. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, but it's difficult to experience what it will be like. Yeah, but yeah. it's worth it, and which is lovely. So I think that's really the kind of self help advice that we need to give. There we are. There right. We are. Good self help um. advice. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are sounding more and more like the self help. It's what. Um, yeah, I was uh, talking to Saul um, Perlmutter, who's a Nobel laureate. I mean, we do think of Nobel laureates as, you know, these brilliant, mm-hmm. this, you mm-hmm. know, the pinnacle of, you know, um, scientific um, smartness. And he's, you know, really, really, really smart guy. Um, mm-hmm. But he mentioned that one of his advisors, who was also a Nobel, Nobel laureate, he was like, he actually didn't know very much. You know, he was like, <laughs> I, I forget the name. I wish I could remember. Who, who but, said who said who didn't know much? Did I mean, the that, guy that, himself say like I didn't know much? Or did no, no, Saul no, say? Saul, no, no, my Saul supervisor said, actually didn't know. Okay. No, no, and he, he didn't mean that as an insult. He's like, when you spoke to him, you got the feeling that he doesn't know a whole lot, but you he could always find things out. Right. Mm, like he's mm, like, okay, what, okay. He, did, he didn't know a whole lot, but you could all like he would find things out. Like he was really good mm. at figuring things out and finding things out. And I think hmm. I think that's some mark of i mean i think i mean one of the reasons why i, I will want to stay in academia is because when i was younger i would say that i, I want to be a professional student is the hmm. only thing i've ever been good at uh, and so i'm going to keep doing it <laughs> yeah, but i do yeah, think yeah, that being yeah, an academic yeah. being a scholar is like yeah you are and i think um hmm. one of the nobel laureates i think made this um made this point as well yeah so there's this um really nice short video um of peter doherty who's a uh, nobel laureate in um who's an immunologist and he says that a good scientist is always learning and i do think that's true mm-hmm. right that you um and like you know like saul said who's who's a physicist and nobel laureate in physics and he said that yeah you know you like it's okay to not know things but i mm-hmm. guess good good scientists well I, I think good scientists are people who are just willing to accept that and being able to just learn and continue mm-hmm. on with scientific optimism, as Saul likes to put it, is this feeling mm. of like, we'll get there eventually, right? We, we're not yeah. there yet, but we stick to it enough. We persevere. 
and then yeah, eventually, yeah. eventually we'll get there around yeah yeah great good yeah well thank you for listening to this episode of milius in verba our theme song is newton's cradle by grand brothers if you have any thoughts feedback or comments you'd like to share you can reach us over email at meliusinverbapod at gmail.com or our social media accounts at Mastodon or Twitter. In this episode, we talked about the role of intelligence in science and whether it is a stable or malleable entity. In the next episode, we will reflect on our personal experiences with the dreaded replication crisis, which has brought to the forefront many of the themes discussed throughout this podcast. We hope you will join us.